Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Quran Weekly. This is Abdul Nasser Jangda. There's a very beautiful story. Abdullah, who is the son of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullahu ta'ala is a great scholar from the history of Islam, a great scholar of hadith, Quran, fiqh. His son, Abdullah, who was also one of his you know, best and brightest students, he says that I used to very, very frequently hear my father saying, Rahimallahu Abel Haytham, Ghafarallahu li Abel Haytham. I used to hear him very frequently saying, May God have mercy upon Abul Haytham, and may Allah forgive the sins of Abul Haytham. And I used to hear him saying this so often, so frequently, so commonly, that I asked him one time, Who is this Abul Haytham? So he says that my father told me the story that you know there was a, a time of great fitna uh, a time of great trial and tribulation during the lifetime of imam ahmad when there were some of the core beliefs of islam were being challenged and unfortunately there were certain rulers as well um, of the muslim lands who had also succumbed to these um, incorrect beliefs about you know some of the issues in regards to islam and the quran that even some of the uh, rulers of the Muslim lands had also fallen into this problem and what they decided to do was they decided to enforce their incorrect beliefs upon everyone else so the scholars lined up to debate them to challenge them to state how these beliefs were incorrect and they began to eventually imprison and even torture and kill some of these scholars who would oppose them and they literally went through all the scholars till the last one left standing was none other than Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal ta'ala who was a great defender of the proper beliefs of Islam. So now the only one left was Imam Ahmad. So the king, the ruler, had called Imam Ahmad a couple of times, tried to convince him. Imam Ahmad had debated, um, you know, the, the, the people, the scholars or the intellectuals who were on the side of these incorrect beliefs. And he had defeated all of them in their debates. He had presented counter evidences and basically, you know, made them speechless. They had no response to him. So finally, the ruler one day got fed up with this, he got tired with this, and he said, I am the king. I'm the ruler. I'm not going to take some nonsense from some imam or some sheikh. I'm not going to have him tell me what's right and what's wrong. I'm the ruler. I'm the king. I'm right. So he sends his soldiers over to Imam Ahmed's house. And he says, I want you to chain him up, tie him up like a prisoner. You know, like maximum security style. I want you to chain him up like a criminal. And I want you to walk him through. Don't bring him from a side route. Walk him through the center of the town, through the town square, through the marketplace. So everyone can see him humiliated. And then I want you to bring him here. And then we will lash him and we will torture him and we will punish him until he does not concede. So Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal is now chained and he's being brought through the town and everyone's gathered around, everyone's watching, everyone's looking, everyone's gawking, you know, shocked and surprised at what's happening. And Imam Ahmad says, I started to think to myself, Ahmad, what are you doing to yourself? What are you doing to yourself? You're humiliating yourself. You're embarrassing yourself. Allah and His Messenger وسلم, have given you an out. Allah and His Messenger وسلم, have provided you a concession. You can say whatever this oppressive tyrant 
ruler, whatever he wants to hear, you can tell him whatever he wants to hear. As long as you believe the truth in your heart, you're good, you're fine, you're okay. But why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you humiliating yourself? Do you really want to leave this as your legacy? Humiliation, torture? And then Imam Ahmad also says about the incident, he says, you know, I could handle imprisonment. Imprisonment wasn't a problem for me, but physical torture was something I wasn't sure I would be able to deal with because different people have tolerances for different things. He goes, they could imprison me for the rest of my life. I would just pray and recite Quran and worship Allah for the rest of my days. I wouldn't care. But physical torture was something that I was uncomfortable with for obvious reason. So he said, I started to think to myself and I got to the point where I began to rationalize. I saw the looks in people's eyes. I heard the soldiers talking about torture and lashes and whipping. And I started to kind of reconsider my stance. Should I be so stubborn? Am I just being stubborn? Should I go ahead and concede, but then believe the truth in my heart and back off? And then he says, as I was thinking this to myself, I felt somebody tugging on my clothes, like my shirt from behind me. And he said, I turned around and it was a young man. And this young man seemed familiar. And he said, he goes, oh Imam, yeah Imam Ahmad. He goes, do you know who I am? He said, I'm Abul Haytham. And Imam Ahmad tells us that Abul Haytham was the most notorious criminal of that time in that era. Right? He was like Billy the Kid. Right? So he was like this notorious criminal who was the most wanted man. He was at the top of the most wanted list. And he pulled him, he tugged him. And so when Imam Ahmad turned around, he goes, I'm, I'm Abul Haytham. He said, listen, I steal for a living. I rob people is what I do. And I have been lashed. He said, it is written in the court documents. It is written in the court records and the court documents. You go and you look. I have been lashed 18,000 times. What he meant was I have received 18,000 lashes because of my crimes. But I haven't stopped doing what I do. He said, I serve shaitan for the sake of the dunya. I obey shaitan. I listen to what shaitan tells me to do for the sake of material worldly gain. But I haven't quit just because of a few lashes, 18,000. He says, you obey Allah for the sake of the deen and the hereafter and the akhirah. Don't you dare, don't you dare ease up on your stance because of a few lashes. Don't you worry about a few lashes. I didn't give up robbing people, doing bad things because of lashes. Don't you dare give up a good thing because of lashes. And he said these words to me and he let my shirt go. And the soldiers dragged me on. And that was the last time I ever saw him. But Imam Ahmed said when he said those words to me, it lit a fire inside of me. And I said, I don't care what they're going to do to me. But I'm going to stand firm. And that's exactly what Imam Ahmad did. And eventually, Imam Ahmad became the reason of the preservation of the proper Islamic beliefs and the defeat of this very corrupt movement. And that's why Imam Ahmad, for the rest of his life, wherever he would sit, whenever he would pray, before he would go to sleep, he would make dua to Allah for Abu Haytham. 
Rahimallahu Abul Haytham. May Allah have mercy on Abul Haytham. May Allah forgive the sins of Abul Haytham. The moral of the story is never underestimate anyone. Everyone's got something to offer. Everyone's got a potential. Everyone's got untapped, limitless potential. It's just a matter of realizing that ourselves and then trying to bring something productive to the table. So don't underestimate yourself first and foremost. Secondly, never underestimate anyone because you don't know what they're capable of. You don't know what good deed they've done. Maybe somebody came across Abu Haytham later in their life, but they never knew that he was the man who inspired the man who led to the preservation of the proper Islamic beliefs. Nobody would have known that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that. Imam Ahmad rahimahullah knew that. And Abu Haytham knew that. And so it's very important for us to remember that. And this is Quran Weekly, so to relate this to an eye of the Quran, so we have something to go back and read and maybe reflect on. This is something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about. In surah number 25, surah al-Furqan, there's a lengthy passage at the end of the surah called the slaves of the most merciful, Ibad rahman In ayah number 70, before that actually, in ayah number 68 and 69, Allah talks about people who commit major sins. And he says, يُضَعَفْ لَهُ الْعَذَابُ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ وَيَخْلُدَ فِيهِ مُهَانًا That on the day of judgment, their punishment will be multiplied and they will spend all of eternity humiliated and helpless within that punishment, within the fire of hell. But he says, إِلَّا In ayah number 70, he says, except for man taba, the one who repents. Now what is tawbah? Tawbah, it means to repent. But a lot of times we don't understand what the word repentance means either. Repentance, tawbah, the word tawbah means to come back onto track. Maybe you've gone off course, you've strayed off course, you've veered off course, to come back onto the correct path and the correct course. To make a U-turn and get back on track. So except for the one who makes a U-turn and gets back on track. Wa'amana, and then believes in Allah. Wa'amila amalan salihan. And then he does good, righteous deeds and actions. And Allah repeats this, Amila amalan salihan. Why? Because to emphasize the fact that the person does maybe something small, but does it very deliberately, very intentionally, does good deeds, focuses, applies him or herself to do a good deed, no matter how small it may be. So the one who comes back to Allah, gets back on track, believes in Allah, and then no, no matter how small or insignificant or few in quantity the deed may be, but it's a good deed and that person do, applies him, him or herself to do that good deed. It's beautiful. Allah says, Allah doesn't say that He forgives that person or He forgives that person's sins. Allah says, Allah will convert all of that person's sins into good deeds. Allah will convert all of that person's sins into good deeds. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly forgiving and constantly merciful. So let's always remember to realize what good we have within ourselves. Don't, don't just give up yourself. Give up on yourself. Don't just you know, resign yourself to insignificance or to sin, but realize Allah has put a lot of talent and potential within you. And don't give up on others because you never know what others are capable of. You don't know the good deeds that they've done. Value each and every single human being. The Prophet of Allah told us people are like gold and silver mines. 
There's a lot of untapped potential. It's just a matter of us going in there, digging it out, refining it, polishing it up, and then it's worth thousands of dollars. So let's inshallah realize our own potential and the potential of others and value every single human being for what they can, what they have, and what they will inshallah bring to the table and what they have to offer to humanity and to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, jazakumullah khairan. Uh, I want to request everyone to subscribe to Quran Weekly on YouTube. Uh, check out Quran Weekly on Facebook, on Twitter. And inshallah spread the word to others. Share this video from right here in the video uh, with family and friends. Wa jazakumullah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I hate your blooper stuff too, by the way, because this is incriminating right now. Because you're probably gonna put all this in the video. That's not all right, good. Yes, it is. Liar. <laughs> QuranWeekly.com. All right. Yeah, why'd you set up all these lights if you're not gonna turn them on? Is it like a distraction? All right, there we go. Am I am I good? Do I need to move? Is it a distraction? No, you're good. All right. I have to kind of remember Assalamu alaikum Quran Weekly. Right, that's how we start, right? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Quran Weekly. I'm sorry I'm laughing, but the cameraman is making me laugh.